may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... Buoyant view from the Ninian this week after a group trip to Blackpool ended in one of them going on the piss with Gary Medine in a bar called Mark Kelly's. Uh, more on that later, but first, Ben, how are you? How's that tank top? Tank top's fine, repping it after a, um afternoon cleaning and sorting shit out. That's why I'm wearing it. Not just sure where that was going then. Um, to explain the tank top though, because it's not it's not an official tank top, is it? It's a homemade one. It's a £2 Primark t-shirt that I cut the sleeves off after I had a tattoo done. A while back because it was just stick it there with the panthen to heal it it was just sticking to there not healing properly so i thought oh, i'll just walk around in that and they're very comfortable especially when you just do it pottering around the house that is good logic actually tom do you agree with the logic yeah i won't be wearing one myself i'll, I'll, I'll let ben carry on with that oh, i 100 i 100 confirm i look like a penis i feel like a penis it's just we were recording a i lost track of time and it was either this or do it with my moves out so i've saved you boys the blushes good call uh, and Tom, you were you were um, you committed to the Blackpool weekend more than anyone, didn't you? Uh, getting there very early on a Friday for a stag do and going out on the piss last night with a, a famous alumni of Cardiff City. Do you want to tell the story? I, I feel like saying I was on the piss with him. I I, I was on the piss. So you said the to same, us, mate. Say, that, that that's not true. <laughs> I, I stood about five yards away from him at one best point. Mates, best mates, you said. Best mates. Yeah, yeah. Big best mates. So he he was... buys you back to his for a dust up. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering why there's a big queue outside. I thought it was the taxi rank, but I think they were queuing up to fight Gary Medine. So, yeah, oh, I thought it was one of those big punch machines, but it turned out no, it was Gary Medine. Oh, there's so many punch machines in. There were so many punch machines. I, I was walking down the promenade where I saw someone take a run at one and absolutely spank it into next week. And I was like, if anyone gets in the way of that, that's an injury waiting to happen. It was Gary Medine. He was having a lovely day. <laughs> Um, yeah, so to confirm, Tom was in the same bar as Gary Medina around two o'clock this morning. Tom, was it a um, a fine establishment or was it a bit salacious? Um, yeah, Mark Helly's is called. It's, it's an interesting vibe. You had your, your classic club singers on the stage singing along to like the Bee Gees and Drifters and things like that. And then just a good looking former Cardiff City player stood there absolutely howling in the middle of the dance floor. So yeah, it was an interesting night. Interesting. So the opening question then, obviously we're going to talk about the Blackpool game, but Ben, the opening question I, I put to you off the pod we're going to talk about it now is, we've had some good-looking strikers in our time. We've probably got one of the more handsome strikers at the moment in Kiefer Moore. Gary Medine, swarthy Geordie, decent, good-looking lad. Who, who's who's better looking, Gary Medine or, or, or Kiefer Moore? I think Kiefer's more traditionally handsome. I think he's got strong jaw, luscious locks. For me, Kiefer Moore is an absolute sex machine. All right, Tom? Uh, I'm not going to give as an enthusiastic answer as Ben. I don't think <laughs> it's the tank top. He's gorgeous. <laughs> nah, I've got to. I've got to stick by my mate Gary now, and I. So I got Gary. I'll, I'll just go in the middle. I think they're both equally good looking. Uh, we shouldn't um, be objectifying them anyway. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't actually. That's very true. Good point. Um, but Tom, right, talk- we went for a wee after it. We, we went it for a wee while Gary Medine was in the toilet. No, I didn't follow him in there. Did I? I was just say, did you sneak a look? No, I didn't. Thank you very much. 
Do you ask what hair product he uses? Because obviously we've worked out what Kiefer Moore uses. It'd be good now to figure out what Gary Medine uses as well. I should have, sorry. I'll, I'll wait till sorry, we mate. play them again. I yeah. think Gary Medine's a classic kind of, I reckon he's got some pretty good pomade on there because he's got quite short hair and I reckon a bit of hairspray to keep it in tight. I think that would be my guess. Uh, if Gary Medine's listening, um, he's a huge fan of the pod. Maybe he can let us know what he uses in his hair. Um, but let's talk about the game now. Um, obviously, uh, for those who've been living under a rock, Cardiff went all the way to Blackpool yesterday and came away with a 2-0 win. Three points, goals from Big Kiefer Moore and Leandro Bakuna. Um, you know, the scapegoat last week to Hero this week. Um, it's a lovely redemption arc, isn't it, Ben? It was. It was nice to see him score, but Christ, he made me think he missed it. <laughs> he almost did his best to put it wide from like two yards out. But it was nice to see after the grief he got. Look, I think we're all pretty comfortable saying we'd rather see some. He's not the full time answer to that advanced 10 position, but he doesn't deserve any of the flack he got. Let's be real, without the work he did against Barnsley, we wouldn't have got the goal we mm-hmm. did. And there's a lot of opportunities you created against Blackpool that we should have been clear by. And a lot of them came from his hard work. So, yeah, he doesn't deserve a lot of the grief he gets. I'm going to say this now. Um, first away trip I've done since Luton, February the 8th last year. Um, first goal we scored on an away trip in that time that I was there for. And I missed it um, because I'd gone to the bar. Missed 10 minutes of the first half as well because I'd gone to the bar to get beers for halftime pints. Thought be at the bar for about 10, 15 minutes at most. At five past four, I just basically got our beers. So as the goal was scored, we were about halfway through our pints. Um, so it's just like, that is just your classic Ben James luck right there. Go all that way for a lovely away day, first one in a long time, and miss the first fucking goal. Um, Tom, you were the same, weren't you? Yeah, also missed the goal. But it's fine because <laughs> there was another goal. If it wasn't another goal, I would have been quite annoyed, to be fair. But yeah, the, the, the setup of getting a pint at Blackpool is as if they'd Ridiculous. never football fans before. It was absolutely insane. They just couldn't function. But one guy, one guy behind us pushed in, got to the front of the queue just to tell them that it was shit service and walked off. Which <laughs> <laughs> summed it up really. Um, it was ridiculous. Um, but the pints were quite nice when they came, they were better than the pints we drank um in that weird bar we went to afterwards. Yes. But moving on to the second goal, um, Ryan Giles, the provider from a well, let's let's talk through the, the whole process of the goal, Tom. It was an Aiden Flint potential handball that bounced out to Marlon Pack. On to Will Vox, who played a raking 60-yard pass forward to Ryan Giles, who took one touch. His second touch was to cross it in for Big Kiefer to, I don't know, bullet it home from his lovely Vaseline head. Um, I, I, clinical counter-attacking football, wasn't it? It was so aesthetically pleasing as a goal. Like, as soon as Volks played that ball, it had that air of something's going to happen here. It just felt could, inevitable. The expectation raised yeah, immediately. You could, fe- you could feel it, and it was just like, we're going to score here. And that cross... He's someone else, isn't he, Ryan Giles? Like, th- that's such a good ball. We haven't had someone do that for us for a long, long time. And then it wasn't an easy header in a way because he was so close to where the keeper was as well, Kiefer. And it's, it's just such a good It was finish. the power, wasn't it? Yeah. He just didn't stand a chance as soon as he got his head on it. But fun- fantastic goal. And, that, and it shows you don't need ridiculous amount of possession to win games of football, right? You don't score yeah. a goal like that by tick-a-tacker at the back. We got the ball forward quickly. And we caught them, and that, I think that's you're going to see so much more of us doing that this season because it's, it's it's clearly our strength. 
Um, I think that the, the, the thing that I noticed in watching the goal back, I think when I watched the goal happen in real time, I couldn't tell if the cross came from left or right at the time. I don't know if that's because I was pissed or I was just too excited. But watching it back, you see Kiefer Moore point, kind of loft the ball up. He gives Ryan Giles that like distinct instruction. And Giles just dinks it over the defender. And it's the perfect cross. I was looking on FOTMOB at some of the stats around Ryan Giles. And this season, obviously two games in already, he's already put in 12 accurate crosses in two games. And that's 80% of his crosses. So if he carries on at that rate and kind of six crosses per game, he's going to create chances for both Collins and Moore. Um, and I think his chances created so far across two games is 11. 11 chances created. I mean... Ben, we're seeing the burgeoning kind of partnership between, you know, you, you know, crosser and striker that we haven't had in a long time between Giles and Moore, and it's beautiful to see, isn't it? Yeah, you don't want to get too excited and sort of say he's going to fill the void that Harry Wilson's left, but Christ, so far, so good. Um, mm-hmm. We're all worried about creativity from one side and sort of where the goals are going to come from. If Kiefer's got nothing, no one's going to create anything for Kiefer. Oh, Ryan's answering that and sort of stepping up to the plate massively. Um, that pass was phenomenal. The, the cross ball from Volks just across by the perfect diag that Ben Turner would be proud of. Yeah, everything about that was just wonderful. It's just counter attacking football is, is the best football because you just get really pumped, really excited, really quickly, and they, they're my favourite type of goals. Just loved it was it. just clinical. Tom, oh, you, you mentioned the. You, you kind of mentioned the possession versus counter-attacking football, the second-tier pod, friends friends of yours, Tom. Um, we, they, they've highlighted who had the highest expected goals in the championship this weekend. We were top with 2.58. Um, and then, of course, uh, with the goals with the lowest expected goals in the championship this weekend, Swansea was second with 0.27. And that's the kind of... That's the juxtaposition of the two stars, isn't it? Swansea got Russell Martin in, who... I, I watched them play Sheffield United kind of last night. Um, I watched some of it on the train home. They play it around at the back. The keeper was getting himself into a bit of trouble here and there. Well, we just get it forward as quickly as we can. I mean, it, it kind of shows how effective each football can be, doesn't it? That one, they're going to expect to get 0.3 goals over the weekend and we're two and a half. Possession football's boring anyway. Like the, they were going on about like that MK Don's goal where there was 56 passes. I turned it off. It's like <laughs> three, and a half it's long. three and a half minutes long. So I don't want to be watching that. You know, I like our way of playing football. Just breaking quickly. And I'm excited now. That, that game has really kind of kicked off at the season for me now. It just feels like it's going to be a fun season where obviously last year when we weren't there, it wasn't. And now I just can't wait to keep going to Cardiff games, which I didn't think I'd be feeling a couple of weeks ago. Kind of had the air of, of everything being good around it, didn't it, Ben? I mean, Morrison came back in. The defence all of a sudden looked a lot more assured when Morrison is in. You had, you know, Aidan Flint kind of getting aggro from the 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 Blackpool um, the Blackpool fans. I think he, he put on Instagram that someone threw an iPhone charger at him. Um, talking about Morrison, how important is he to our defence? It just for me, it just feels like we're more solid and more assured when he's there. He's just your natural leader on the pitch, isn't he? He just seems to control everything, makes everything seem a lot calmer a lot less stressful and seems to, I don't know how he does it. Cause it's the exact same game played, but he seems to make things slower for every other player around him. Seems to give him just so much more time. Like mm-hmm. Phillips gets just seems a different player. Seems a lot more sure than Morrison's there in front of him. It's yeah. He's just the perfect leader on the pitch, isn't he? 
He is. Uh, and Tom, talking about defenders getting stick all game, obviously Flint got stick from the Blackpool fans. We gave Richard Keogh um, a, a monumental amount of stick. I believe that Glenn Williams tweeted that he even came over to us and asked why we were booing him. Looking back, I think it was a bit of a case of mistaken identity because we were singing that he's got a small cock when actually that was about Jason Shackel. Uh, Sh- so he's foreign. Jason Shackle in um, Sean Morrison's uh, video. But how fun was it just to give defenders stick again? Oh, I've missed it so much. <laughs> Like I forgot how offensive some of the stuff that comes from our end can be, though. But you know, I've missed you know people pointing at random bald men who are fifty yards away, who are <laughs> never going to cross paths, ushering him over, waving at him, and stuff like that. And there was a, they don't like us, Blackpool. No, they <laughs> like, don't like us. Like they were leaving the ground early, and they they were, they were having to be held back. They were really angry. And yeah, it was an it was an interesting atmosphere for a first away game back. But have you seen their Twitter? They're they're certain they're almost, they're like, despite replay showing like and every pundit saying it wasn't handball, like they're still adamant yeah, that yeah. build up that second goal, it was handball, and that set it off from there. It sort of it was already feisty and they didn't like us, and it was all getting a bit from like watching on TV, you could see with the fans' reactions, some of them. Fucking strange bunch up there. Um, the guys I spoke with on the podcast, lovely people, but I think they seem to be the only normal three Blackpool fans around. Um, there was a bloke giving Will Volks gr- grief who was dancing up and down the pitch. It then turned out he was in full kit. This bloke was, about to- <laughs> this bloke was in his mid-50s. And while that's going on, there seemed to be a kid behind him just seemingly beatboxing. Amazing. No idea what was going on. but it God, like- I miss football fans. Oh, it's brilliant. And just watching it and sort of just, yeah, you proper smackhead <laughs> giving Aiden Flint grief. It was wonderful. But that handball sent them over the edge and you could tell then it sort of got real. That roar, you know, when it's like, you know, fans are pissed. And I was like, I said to Fee, obviously I watched it from home, didn't get to join you boys, didn't get the invite. Bollocks to you. It's an open invite. I couldn't go this weekend anyway. I was supposed to go with Kinsey. But um, <laughs> yeah, one of those. But yeah, you could just tell it was getting really, really tense. So I said to Fee, it's going to kick off later in the evening with the fans staying up there as well. I think, I think the, I think the one moment, and this is a, a moment for the ages for me, was um, it kind of got really tasty around the Joel Bagan um, cynical challenge. Um, I mean, you know, I think there was some criticism for him after the first game, which I think was completely unwarranted. But I think he can do no wrong in my eyes now. That like the Blackpool players streaking away from him, Bagan, he's 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 close, he's touched tight to him, but instead, of, you know, he's forty yards from goal, but streaking away, so he just hacks him down in the most cynical way possible. I fucking loved it. Oh, I think we went mental for it in the in the away end. Oh, there was some appreciation from our end. That like, had it, almost a bigger cheer as the second goal from the yeah, last movie. yeah. Yeah. Well, but people were loving it. It was so funny. I think like he could have five bad games in a row now, and people would still he's, go. Back he's golden with me, mate. He's golden yeah. with me. <laughs> and I think I think the Blackpool fans at that point, that's when they started baying for blood because I think they wanted they wanted that as a red card. It's like that's never you know that's that's my friend Daft tweeted about Chiellini's pullback on Saka. It's a full value yellow card. That Bagan challenge is a full value yellow card. It's at the the very reaches of it being a yellow card. But it is a yellow card, and it always will be a yellow card. And I well, think that's what tipped the it's Blackpool fans. It's the most classic the yellow card you can picture in it. If you're going to yeah. give it, it's like there's no other punishment other than a yellow, unless you're in exactly. the Premier League at Wembley against Spurs. That's what I was about girls. to say. That 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 was the one thing when he did it. I went, oh, there's a chance they'll give. It's not a red, but there's because of that one, the challenge at Wembley. It's like that nagging doubt, and then when the yellow came out, I was like, ah, we can enjoy it for what it is now. Um. 
and another player, Rouse was very good. The midfield was very good. And I think, I, you know, I think Volks came on quite late on in the game. And the one thing I'd say about Volks for me is that um, it didn't look like we changed the way we played when he came on. There's always a tendency when Volks comes on that he might start getting pulled out of position because he has a tendency to lose his, lose his head, but it was very solid. Another player who gets a shout out, Ben, James Collins up front. He didn't get his goal, but he harried and harassed their defenders. He occupied them for the whole game. I mean, how important is it now that we've got Kiefer Moore who can come off the bench and score or Collins who can come off the bench and really occupy defenders? We've got two genuine options in that striker role. Like, Collins worked his bollocks off. Fair play to him. Absolutely superb performance. All, all that was missing was the goal and that would have been probably yeah. the best, best away performances from a striker we've seen in years. Absolutely run the defence ragged. They don't know where they were. Absolutely pulled Keo and um, husband all over the place. Just outstanding. Um, the only, like I said, the only thing is shooting was poor. He just didn't mm. seem, seemingly didn't have a shooting boots on yesterday. Hit the post. I hit the crossbar. I think he did. And then there was the chance from Bagan that really should have been tucked away. But other than that, like, he made it easy then for Kiefer to come on, sort of create all that space. He. Mm-hmm. So important having him in the squad, though. On a free, looks like a really good addition because we can play for ninety minutes. We can and make changes and play the way we need to to be effective and get the goals. Um, and and Tyler, I think you know, rounding off the day, we've got to talk about Blackpool itself. Um, my, you know, we've talked about the the fans already, Ben. But what I would say is, that if I was going to leave a trip of trip advisor review about Blackpool, it would probably be that um, it's the only place I've ever seen a queue for Weatherspoons at two different times of the day. Um, once in the morning, which I thought was just down to Cardiff fans, but nope. If you went back in the evening, um, you couldn't get in again. Uh, Manchester Bar very much catered to our needs, didn't they? Before the game, playing Men of Harlot, playing the Welsh national anthem, um, had a lovely time in there, but they wouldn't allow me in after the game because I was wearing shorts. So mixed reviews on Manchester Bar for me. Uh, Tom, you were there for Friday to Saturday, Sunday on a on a on an extended stag as well. I mean, you you saw more of Blackpool than most. What would you say it's like as a a town to visit? It's a great place to visit. Um, just don't do it that often. So the novelty of it, it's great. It was really, really good fun. But um, I'm very, very tired now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give yeah. Kinsey's uh, trip advice review because he'll, he'll appreciate this. It's worse than Newport, man. What a fucking dump. It's turbo bad. Turbo bad. <laughs> Turbo bad. I enjoyed myself. I mean, Dirty Blondes was lovely. Manchester Bar was great before the game. The ground's a really neat little ground with a great away end because it's your side onto the pitch, so you're not tucked behind a goal. You know, the only issue was getting piped at half time. Um, uh, good, good transport links. The train was good. I was able to use the toilet on the train, so you know, pretty happy all round, really. Did you go on the tram that killed the bloke from Coronation Street? No. no, I didn't go on the tram. Didn't have time no. to go on the tram. Thought about going to Sea Life. Uh, really wanted to go to Sea Life. Um, wanted to go to Madame Tussauds as well. Day I think if I had the chance, if I could do it again, I'd go up on Friday and then get all the all the tourist stuff out of the way. Go up the tower, uh, Madame Tussauds. Hopefully you can get a ticket for all three, see? Madame Tussauds, the, the Blackpool Dungeon, which I think is just the same as a London Dungeon. Sea Life. Do all those on the Friday. Then you can have a full day on the Saturday going to the game and that. And that's just what I would do, really, I think, in the future if I go back. So you boys live in London. You can literally do that any day off you've got in London and not have to go to Blackpool. The only thing you don't I do don't... is go up the tower. Actually, there is a Sea Life Centre here, isn't it? Right yeah, on, right, um, right on the... Right on Waterloo. Yeah. Bad news about that, though, is that they've closed Namco Funscape underneath it, which is um, which is a great arcade. Uh, they've nope. closed it. Back open. No, it's, it's closed for good now. I went bowling there last week. 
I think it closed on like literally the end of last week. I saw someone tweet about it. I'll send you the tweets, Tom. There we go. This is completely <laughs> useless for arguing over an arcade in London. This Look, is, this is have to come now. to London for what we've got Millwall. Um, they might want to come before Peterborough on Tuesday. <laughs> Spend the day in London before they go to Peterborough. Uh, anyway, anyway, Blackpool was great. Ryan Giles is lovely, um, but we have to also talk about Sutton and Barnsley um, because we haven't talked about those games yet because of um, because of you. General, generally because of me because I got in a mood. Um, so let's talk about the Barnsley game. Um, ben, um, probably not the greatest performance in the world, but got a point against who are going to be a tricky Barnsley team this season. You know, few debuts of people like James Collins, Bagan kind of starting the season at left back. So in with the new. Um, how did you rate the performance? Um, it felt if you can like, remember it. I can remember it. It's just it felt like how when I, I I'm discounting like I'm discounting my experience to Southampton for like pre-seasons, my first time back. Barnsley being back is my first time back in the Cardiff City Stadium officially, and it felt how it should. Um, people giving the Barnsley fans grief it was just lovely to see some really disconcerted football for the first 45 minutes players not really sure what they were doing um yeah it was just nice to be back within 10 minutes people moaning it was it felt like football was back but um it was an improvement like that steadily as it's gone on we've improved um it wasn't amazing the Barnsley performance I I came away and I said to the missus it felt like two mid-table teams playing sort of halfway through the season and knowing there's not a lot on it, but that's probably a bit harsh. There was some glimmers of good stuff. Um, I really like the link up between Giles and NG in the first, in the second half. Um, the winger swapped over at half time, and it just seemed to link them up so much better. And yeah, that looks like it could be a fruitful little partnership. Um, Tom was a draw against Barnsley. You know, Ben said they're two average teams kind of duking it out. Is is a draw against Barnsley? A good marker for the rest, not the rest of the season, but for the first few games, because Barnsley have got their system. They've replaced their manager. They've lost a few players, but they've signed some good players as well. Everyone's expecting them to do well. I think some people have even predicted them going up automatically, which is, I think, maybe a stretch too far. But they're the kind of team that we're going to be up against if we're going to be thinking about going for the playoffs. Yeah, possibly. I think I was underwhelmed by it at the time. But I think as long as you don't lose that first game of the season at home, I think you're fine. You know, and it, like you look at the table already, mm-hmm. there's no one on six points, which is absolutely yeah. mad. But, you know, it, it's, it's a decent point now that we've got three against Blackpool. I think if we'd gone to Blackpool and drawn again, I, I, I think yeah. we'd look at it very differently. But, um, you know, I, th- I think a bit, a bit of negativity. We've got to be a little bit more clinical. I think across both games, you know, we had chances we had, you know, the expected goal start. We're right up there, but, you know, we've scored three over the two games. Hopefully we put four past someone soon. Just, to, you know, because I, I think we there's some teams this league that we should be put into the sword. And Blackpool felt like that should have been like that. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then Barnsley was just frustrating because we went ahead. And we used to be so good when we took the lead of just holding on to it. And I'm hoping that doesn't repeat itself as the season goes on. Yeah, just looking at the table now. So um, I remember on the way back yesterday, it was like Cardiff fans joint top. And I was like, brilliant, joint top. And then you look at it, we're joint top with 10 other teams. Uh, first to 10, four points. 11 to 15, three points. 16 is Millwall are the only team on a unique points total with two, two points. 
Um, everyone else then below them is on one or zero. Um, so Millwall are on their own in 16th place. They're the only pure 16th place team in this league. Uh, and they're on two points. Um, I think that clinical point, you know, I think yesterday if Kiefer Moore starts, maybe we do score a few more because I think James Collins is still finding his feet in this team. I think, you know... We, we, we hit the bar with Aidan Flint, um, all that kind of stuff. I think there will be times when we score more goals. I think, you know, like you said, put some teams to the sword. And I think Peterborough's a game we should be thinking about trying to do that on Tuesday, which we'll come to later. Um, but we also haven't really talked about the Sutton game. Obviously, we beat Sutton 3-2 in the Cup. Um, I mean, less said about the game, better. We shouldn't really be going down 1-0 to Sutton as a, a new team in the Football League. But the big news out of that was, of course, that Marley Watkins signed on what looks like a three-week deal. Um, and he, he kind of rounded off the occasion with one deflected goal and one very good finish. Um, what do you make of that signing Molly Watkins on a three three week deal? What does he bring that no one else does? Name Marley. the water. <laughs> yeah, name Marley. That's yeah. about it, really. Um, Basically, they're building up to Christmas when he can do the Marley and Marley song from um, uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> that might be a good joke. That might be a good joke. I don't know. It went over Marley my head though. Marley. I was going to go for a Marley and me sort of thing. Oh, good, yeah. That's probably yeah. even better, actually. And but, I suppose then... No, it's not, though, because he you... dies, and then I don't want that to happen to Marley Watkins. He seems like a nice guy. He took mm. it, He took his goal well. Um, I think from what Mick said, I don't think there's much chance of it being extended. Um, he was included because they were shorter players, and you can only play a try list in two games. And one of Marley Watkins' two games was against Bath, where he went off injured. Um, I think it's literally just a contract to extend the trial. Um but yeah, he didn't do his hope, he didn't do his hopes any harm by scoring two, even if it's against the lower league side. I'm pretty sure you can't play trialists in in official competitions. They can only play in friendlies and all that kind of stuff. So to, to your point, it, it would he would have had to have signed a contract to be involved. Um, but it's a bit weird to sign him for three weeks. But I set that goal, lovely finish from the, outside the box, wasn't it? Beckham was a great strike. Really took it well. I was really surprised to see it. I, I didn't catch it. I didn't realize it was nearly a seven o'clock kickoff. So I was at football training. Thought, oh, I'll have a check of the team now. I'm having a quick water break. I'll have a check of the team. It was like six minutes gone. I was like, oh, six minutes gone. Then I saw the score. It was one nil to Sutton. You're like, ah, oh, this is, yeah, this is the Cardiff we know and love. It just, mm. apparently Sutton were, they, they're like for a lower league side, they gave it a go. They play good football. Um, I think they 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 kind of they're not going to compromise their principles going into the league. And I think um, they create a lot. They they play with decent football. And they've got good players amongst their ranks. Um, they've signed a lot of the kind of top level non league players and then brought them up with them. And I think it's it's going to be an interesting year for them. I hope I hope they stay up because I I like certain as a football club. They're they're a good bunch. Um, Tom, um, I don't really have a question to ask you. Um, yeah. I kind of. I kind of didn't write anything else for this bit about Sutton. No, what, what, um, but we got we got Brighton in the cup next. Um, you like Brighton, don't you? Yeah, do I? Okay, <laughs> yeah, we had a nice. We kind of beat them two 0 That's true. What I would say about that Sutton game is we would have lost that a couple of seasons ago. We've been so bad in the cup. Yeah, that you know it doesn't matter about the performance really. We actually won a cup game, like, um, and it, it was just nice to see us actually go through to the next round and then. You get Brighton at home, and it's like, ah, oh, that's a little bit underwhelming. I wanted like, I don't know, Stevenage away or something like that. And then it's just a bit, bit. I know they're a Premier League team, but it's Brighton. In the thing is, that they're a Premier League team. And the year we were there, we did the double over them. So it's not yeah. even like an exciting Premier it's, League it's team. It's a crap Premier League draw, and it's, it's almost as bad as draw. It's basically the same as drawing the Championship side. There's yeah. no, it, you're not going to go. It's a midweek game. 
at home. It, it'd be that's, all right. If, it'd be all right if it was away. I might consider it. I've still not been to the Amex, but yeah, that's, home. That's, that's, there's even less benefit to it not being a championship team because if it's a championship team, you can see what their depth's like. You can see who they might play if they have injuries. You can try something out against a championship team in the cup that you wouldn't be able to play against them in the league. Instead, it's just like a... What are you laughing at that for, Tom? I was agreeing with you. That's all. Just a bit of a smile on your face. You were smirking. Am I not allowed to enjoy the podcast now? No, you can't. You've got to do this out of, like, grim sense of duty. <laughs> like, I, I, we kind of lost our way on the Brighton stuff. So let's, let's talk about the... The, the the I didn't even know how to frame this. The scrapes that Cardiff City have got themselves into in recent weeks. Um, we'll talk about Sol Bamba first, and then we'll we'll also touch on the the witch tribute because at the Barnsley game, because Ben, I think there were some conversations about whether that was uh, fitting enough for you know for the greatest player we've ever played for this football club. Um, Sol Bamba's obviously come out with an interview with Wales Online uh, today, Ben, um, talking about how he found out about how. Um, how he got let go from the club, basically. I think he found out that he was released. Uh, the, the quote is, I found out I was released like all of you guys by Twitter. And I think for everything I did for the football club, he deserves better. Um, when it was announced, I kind of said it. there was a bad taste in my mouth about the departure. There'd always been conversations about him potentially staying. There'd always been, that was mentioned in the press, that they wanted to stay around and do um, coaching and things like that. Obviously, he wants to play as well, and maybe that's where it fell down. But the treatment that we've given a club legend Ben it, it's it's shocking but it's also wholly unsurprising isn't it that's the saddest part isn't it it's the fact that I read it and I wasn't surprised if anything I thought I knew that was going to happen I knew that would be mm-hmm. the case um, I saw on Twitter some people sort of giving Mick a bit of grief about this and this doesn't fall on McCarthy from you read Sol's interview he says look McCarthy was up front and says he didn't see a place for him in the under 23s or the first team coaching setup and didn't think he'd play much because he wanted to bring in Mark McGuinness I mm-hmm. think that's theories up front saying that. But then you've got behind the scenes then, Darman and Chu and whoever else involved saying, look, we're giving you a contract. This is the plan. We want to get you involved. Without discussions, one with McCarthy and taking it to McCarthy and saying, this is what we've seen for Bamba. Mm-hmm. And then when Mix made it clear that Sol from any other place, unless he goes to looks at coaching the under-18s, it's purely on, once again, it's purely on the higher-ups at the club, isn't it? They just yeah. deal with people in such a shitty, shitty way with no real thought and no real care. Because it's not, I, I think what makes it worse is they've not gone out to hurt Sol and say, ah, uh, and disregard him so much to say, oh, we'll just do it on Twitter. It's worse that they've not thought we need to tell him before we put this on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. There's just no thought there whatsoever to someone that the fans really care for. And it's such an easy, stupid own goal to give away by them. It's, and it's not the first time it's continuously shitty shitty things happen and i'm really bored of it like we said at the last on the last part about like the villain being Mehmet Darman. what two weeks in two three weeks in and he's already making a strong case for it yeah dickhead <laughs> wow uh tom anything you want to add there or was i think yeah look ben's bang on and you same with the Johnny Williams thing. Obviously, he's not a club legend or anything, but just the lack of communication. Players expecting that they'll get contracts. And they're just... Why aren't they having an open conversation with someone? Why aren't you just sitting down and talking through it? And, you know, after everything Sol's been through, to then find out on Twitter that, you, you know, that you're going to have to upsticks and move your family somewhere else as well. After all that, you know, people have lives outside of football. You've got to move everyone. You've got to move your whole life. And then... It's just poor. It's so poor and it's so easily avoidable. And that's the frustrating thing. These, 
clever businessmen working in our company, companies, our club. And they just, they just, I, I just don't get it. I really don't understand the thought process. I, I, th- I think for me, the worst part is that, you know, towards the end of last season, you know, we had Mick McCarthy saying that Johnny Williams is one of the best players he's ever worked with, one of his favourite players he's ever had about. He loves him. Like he signed him with, I think there was even conversation around who replaces Harry Wilson. He was like, we don't need to talk about who replaces Harry Wilson because we've got Lee Tomlin, we've got Johnny Williams here at the club. Same with Sol Bamba. The briefing in the press was that he was going to stick around because they wanted him involved in the coaching. They wanted to offer him a contract. And all of a sudden you find out that actually that was all bollocks and it all falls apart. I think it's one it's one thing to kind of... It's, it's one thing to essentially go behind someone's back and not tell them that they're going to release and announce it on Twitter, missing the obvious own goal of being able to just to say we're going to release you. This is the conversations we've had. But there's also another thing to then have spent months trailing it and getting people's hopes up. Like, it's just like this constant letdown, really, where they say one thing in the press and they're clearly doing something different. And I think if they hadn't said anything in the press, if they were like, look, we're going to have to reassess everything at the end of the season, most fans would have taken Solban believing and just gone, that's what happens. It's the end of the cycle. It's the end of things. He obviously wants to go in a different direction. Fine. But the club give us a reason to be suspicious of their actions. I think that's the worst part about it. Yeah, bang on. Yeah, we constantly criticise the club for shit communication. And this is a clear example of that, isn't it? That realistically, like head over heart, you can see why Sol didn't get a new contract. Exactly. There's a logic to it. Yeah. But you can't see why he was treated so poorly. Even in the interview, he said like he was supposed to be offered a contract. Everything was sort of agreed and they were going to make an offer. And that offer never came to his agent. He'd left it with his agent saying, oh, they'll sort it, they'll sort it. And Sol being the trusting guy that he is sort of with the goodwill, with thinking he had the goodwill with those people, just left it be until the end of the season, thinking, oh, it'll just come at the end of the season. Mm. And nothing comes of it. And there's no message going, look, I know, even just go, look, I know we said we're going to offer you a contract. We've assessed our funds. We can't do it. McCarthy wants to go in a different direction. We just don't have the budget to allow you. I think Sol himself that's, said- That's like, all you owe? That's all you owe him? Yeah. You don't have to like, it doesn't have to be war and peace. It doesn't have to be like an- Fireworks send off, like you don't have to compose yeah. like an opera for him, but Christ, just give him some respect as a human being. It's not just a case of it's a footballer moving on. This is a bloke that has a sh- has had a shitty 12 months, yeah, a really shitty 12 months. And why just add that little bit more to it without offering him just a bit of common courtesy? He's a, he's a modern day club legend, whichever way you spin it. He came in and kind of helped lift this club into the Premier League. was key player in the Premier League and obviously he got injured towards the end of the season but scored some memorable you know scored that memorable goal against Brighton um, club captain for a while like he's a modern day club legend for him to be treated that way just kind of it's just it leaves that sour taste in my mouth really that you know you try to get you try to give the club the benefit of a doubt and then they just go nah we don't deserve that it bothers me enough they treat any player like that the treatment of Johnny Williams bothered me a Mm. hell of a lot the way sort of because like, it's clear now he found out from Twitter as well. Yeah. While at the Euros, he found that out. Um, but for someone like Sol, like you said, with all the personal stuff he's been through in the club, sort of playing, not playing off that, but sort of being so good and supporting him and doing some really nice stuff, like the we're, with, uh, we're all together with you, Sol t-shirts, everything yeah. like that. Really, really nice. Seemed like really honourable things to do. And then just to just piss it all that goodwill up against the wall by doing something so stupid. It's just... It makes no sense for people that are very intelligent human beings. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Supposedly. Um, and, and let's let's touch on the, the Peter Whittingham tributes again as uh, the Barnsley game. Um, obviously, you know, 
it was minute silence for a lot of the Cardiff fans who've also passed away. We had the the, the banner go around the ground with with Whittingham, and um, the players talked about how touching it was. Um, I think there's there was some question marks on Twitter over whether that would be the the actual tribute or whether there'd be more. Ben, do you think we'll see a further? Tri- I think that I think the club could should do more, but do you think the club will do more? They've said they're looking to arrange a fixture, haven't they? I think that's mm-hmm. when the proper proper like yeah not final tribute, but I think that's when the main thing. I think from sort of rumours and sort of stuff that sort of come out from people in the know. Um, it sounds like one of the stands is going to be renamed, renamed after him. And I think it will be done at this tribute game, which I'm, I'm guessing will either be with Blackburn or with Villa. Hopefully yeah. I'm hoping with Villa over an international break or select Wits 11. Um, yeah, I don't think this was the final tribute. This is just something they knew had to be done because it was the first game back with the fans. Yeah. It wouldn't have been right just to totally not acknowledge it. Again, the club, we're speaking about bad communication. All it takes is a statement on the website saying, Peter Whittingham tribute and say, this is what we're doing today. This is our plan down the line. Don't have to name a date. You don't have to name any other details other than we will be doing a witch tribute game when time allows. It was very, It's a very simple message to put out. It's one tweet. It's one post on the website. It's very, very simple. Why yeah, I, I, I mean, in I'll get I'll, I will defend the club ever so slightly there. I know they have mentioned it in press conferences, um, and I know they have they have said that they are planning a longer lead thing. I think at the moment, there's all the stuff around travel, the season's begun, so with COVID tests and things like that, it would be a pain in the ass if it was actual current players being involved. I think, I think you know, like the, the long and short of it for me, and Tom, Tom I'll, I'll bring you in. I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I just think I think the least we should be doing is naming a stand after him. I know people talk about retiring numbers, but I don't know if you can retire any numbers in one to 11 in football. Because they're they're deemed like the base numbers, so you need to you need to have one to one to eleven allocated within your squad. But I think naming a stand after him and having almost like a permanent tribute at the ground feels like the very minimum we should be doing for someone like Whittingham. Oh, definitely, I think I think the stand will happen, and I, I think to be fair, the club did manage to get the banners and stuff going and things like that. Mm-hmm. And considering it was the first game back, the fact that anything was done was good and. Um, I, I know what you mean, Ben, about the lack of communication, but I think, you know, Wits has got so many friends in that club and stuff as well. I think they're probably just a little bit cautious about what, what they're saying they're going to do because, in all honesty, they probably don't know yet. But I, I, I know there'll be, like, there'll definitely be something permanent there for him. There's no doubt because, like you said, he's probably the best player to wear a Cardiff City shirt. He's an absolute icon. But yeah, it's t- t- touching though. Mate, the tribute on the day when I, a ball, a proper, they sort of showed loads of fans on the screen. That was really sweet. There's a couple of blokes run by me who their friends were on the screen. They were sort of saying they point them out and stuff. And then that picture of Wits with his kid. Yeah. Ah, oh, I broke down. A proper, like, not ashamed to say, proper started crying. And oh, then he, like, he... The, the fans singing, he does what he wants as well, man. It was just. I couldn't sing it like the seventh minute we did the he does what he wants and I couldn't sing it because I just felt another lump in my throat. Um, for me, he was just everything good about Cardiff over the last 10 years or so, especially for the Cardiff City Stadium era. He epitomised yeah. everything good about that it, this sort of time at the stadium and just, yeah, I was just... <laughs> 
He, you know, in 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 the, the, the what I was going to say about Whitting, you heard Marlon Pack talking about how he he was choking up before the game, and obviously Marlon Pack would have played against him, but not with with him. You heard, but you know, he was saying he had to put his arm around Rolsey and stuff like that. Like it obviously has touched everyone in that way. And I think for me, it's just like you know, you talk about the the kind of city stadium he is, but Whittingham seems to link that kind of. 2000 sort of late 2000s era at Ninian Park where we got to the cup final we left Ninian Park we had the the good years under Dave Jones when he first came in through to the Warnock era and I, I you know I, I don't know what went on I, I think Whittingham just wanted to go play football and, and Warnock couldn't guarantee it and I don't blame him for I you know you can't really lay much blame at, at Warnock's store for him leaving in that sense but I think it would have been nice just to keep him on to see him through to the Premier League years because I think that would have been it would have just been that ultimate link and it, he would have been like the key player in all that era and I think I, you know, people people don't want to say that he was our greatest player of all time, or people want to argue. I, I for me, Whittingham as a, someone who was growing up during that era, he came in from a Premier League team. We were, for me, that was a big enough thing. We were signing an England under twenty one international from a Premier League team for no money, and he came in and was the best player in that time. And that was the time I really enjoyed watching Cardiff City. So he is the best player of all time in my eyes. So I do hope we'll see that kind of permanent tribute um, announced and unveiled in in the coming weeks. Um, Moving on to probably more trivial matters now. Um, it's the last few weeks of the transfer window. Um, I, I don't know if this will be a long conversation because Mick McCarthy's already talked about how the fact that there's going to be no fuckers coming in. Um, but, you know, on the games you've seen so far, Ben, where do you think we need cover? Do you think we need more creative flair in the squad? Do you think we need another striker, another centre-half? What do you think? It's the player one to play alongside... Um... Giles on either the right or left, I think is a big glaring issue. Bakuna, as hard as he works, said, as hard as he worked, it's not his position. Um, for me, given what's coming out of Liverpool, I'd look at going back for Shea Ojo. Um, I think Old claim. On a loan, look, if we can get a get him firing again, like he did sort of midway through last season, he's a good player. He's cut contracts at the end of the, end of the year as well. I think it'd be sort of a long-term thing. He clearly needs a home to sort of get himself footed. Why not do it with us? I enjoyed him last year for the most part. There wasn't mm-hmm. too many games news, so like, when he was horrific, it's be a no-brainer for me. And then you've got Colwell then to support and sort of rotate with those. Tom, do you agree? I think we're looking all right, to be honest. I think maybe some people are saying like we haven't got that much depth. And I, I kind of agree to a point, but it'd just be interesting to see how good some of these youngsters that are, that are around our squad are and how much of a part they'll play. But I, I think... I, I don't think we're lacking too much. And again, I think it's because there's not many teams in the league that frighten me at the moment either. So I think our starting 11 is one of the strongest ones in the league. Um, so I'm not too worried about bringing too many people in, but I think it will be interesting if we do get a couple of injuries um, throughout the season, you know, how we cope. But like the likes of James Collins coming in is already, you know, a massive piece in the squad there just to have cover for more, for example, which we didn't have last season. And we were still in the round of the playoffs last season. So I think I think we'll I think we'll improve this year. And I think the squad's looking largely okay. I think I think my concern is and you talk about the starting lineup and yeah, yesterday's starting lineup, you look at it, it's strong, you've seen how Giles is performing already. Mm. Um my concern is that if Giles does go off injured um, for any point, you know, who comes in to replace him? Obviously, we've got people like Murphy and Tomlin, but Tomlin's not a 90-minute footballer. Is it Murphy's year? It's the perennial question, isn't it? Um, and I think it would be nice if we had someone almost like a Paul Parry character to come in and replace Giles if we need it, who is just a boring winger. 
you know what you get with someone like Paul Perry. He's going to get to the byline and put crosses in. And I think that's the kind of backup we need for someone like Giles. Because if Giles does go off injured... Is that not what Marley Watkins is then? It could be what Marley Watkins is. But I'll be honest with you, Ben. Don't know what position Marley Watkins plays. Never have done. Never will do. (laughs) Don't care about the guy. Um, (laughs) And it could be. And maybe that's it. Maybe he's got, like you say, the extended audition now to go that he'll replace him. um, Or he'll be there as a backup to to Ryan Giles. And if that's the case, then fair enough. But I just think... um, I think that's the only position I'm really worried about now because we've still got people like Tomlin and Murphy to come in. You've still got Colwell who can come in and play. You've got people like Isaac Davis and Keenan Patton who were in and around the squad last year um, who were all going to be raring to go. Um, so I, I think that's just it for me, really. I think that's where I'd like to see someone. Whether that happens, I feel like Mick McCarthy's being quite cute by saying that we're not in the market for anyone. I think like... You know, Warnock almost used to do that as well, didn't he? He'd be like, oh, I don't think anything's going to happen. But he's going to be working away behind the scenes. So I'd be, I'd be interested to see if... Um, if we sign Watkins on a permanent, maybe bringing a, a Ojo or someone like that in on loan, then I think that would be pretty good business. I'm just looking at it. You've still got Isaac Vassell to come in if he gets fit. There's yeah. pace. There's absolute pace there, strength as well. Mark Harris is a tricky, fast player there. Hasn't really looked yeah. in. Yeah, perhaps we are right there. I just I, I do worry about defence a little bit. Obviously, McGuinness is already injured. Um uh, for a little while, would would we want to bring in another, maybe a young loanee or bring someone through from the youth team to cover in defence? I don't know. Because I think once once you get past, you know, Morrison's going to get injured at some point. He's going to break his both his wrists again or something ridiculous. He'll still play though. <laughs> That's true. We always say that. We do always say that. It's I forget we've got Tom Sang as well. We've got a left wing back, I think, is another position. But I think Warnock has said, not Warnock, sorry, McCarthy Mick. said we're covered with that with um, Giles because that is actually Giles' more natural position for Wolves. That's what he's played in the past is left wing back. So, but and we've then, got Kieran Brown there. We're not we're not selling Kieran Brown, are we? No, he, he can play there even though he isn't as effective as he would be elsewhere. There was you read the comments about that. Sorry, I sort of change it. But McCarthy was saying how um, there was I can't remember who he mentioned, but he mentioned a player moving for like one point two five million and saying we're not asking for anywhere near that. But Middlesbrough nowhere near that off, nowhere near asking price. Yeah, I wonder I how much they've offered. They must only be offering like hundred grand or something. Well, they because his contract's up at the end of the year, right? They've probably gone. I reckon they're going. If we if you don't sell him to us now for a hundred grand, we'll we'll sign him in. We'll sign him on a pre contract or whatever it is. Yeah, um, I reckon that's what they're threatening. And I just think if if I was Nick McCarthy, I would go fuck off and put him on a, just extend his contract by a year. Uh, maybe they've offered it and he hasn't done it yet. But well, there's a contract. He said there's a contract there for him to sign. So, yeah. so I think that I think hopefully that's what that that's what will happen because I think we shouldn't let him go for free. But whether he's a long term thing, I don't know. But I think he needs to stick around this season just as a cover. Moving on to Twitter questions, um, we've had quite a few. Um, Nick Youngster1927 said, we've had 14 shots on targets in two games so far with only five shots against. New players have integrated seamlessly with Bag and Two. Everyone knows their roles. We'll be tough, tough to beat. Giles is the best crosser of the ball since Wits. Um, Milo Davis says, near perfect away performance. Solid at the back and creative going forward. Flint Morrison solid. Pack was impressive, but Giles was the pick of the bunch. It's great having a winger with pace, skill and a great cross in him. City fans are top class too. Also thought the treatment towards a certain centre-half of Blackpool was brilliant and made even sweeter by Keo asking City fans he was being booed. What a tosser. Um, Tim Byrne says, I want to see Giles, Bakuna and Murphy playing together but can only make that work in current shape if Giles went to left-back. What's your thoughts on that, Ben? That is a forward three. I think if you look, Giles has been so important creatively going forward that there's no way you can take him out of the position he's playing at the moment. We'd We'd miss so much from him. He offers so much going forward that you can't risk moving him back and losing that. 
Yeah, do you agree, Tom? Yeah, I do. Short and sweet, yeah, definitely. Lovely, lovely. Short and sweet answer. Daniel Morgan, considering it was the first one back, the performance in the 2-0 win had to be one of the best away trips I've been on. Highlight is 100% Baggins game-winning professional foul. One good win, I'm convinced we can get promotion. What you reckon? Tom, I think you agree, don't you? I think that, that could easily be me tweeting that. Like, <laughs> I, I am now convinced that we're going to win the league by about 20 points. I, I'm, I'm so up and down with it. With like stuff like this, it's like I, we were so. It's the first time in ages where I've left a ground and gone. We were outstanding today. I can't remember yeah. the last time I've done that with a Cardiff away game. I th- I think for me it was just we didn't look like we were going to concede. Like we, mm. I, I ne- at one point at no point did I feel that we were in danger of Blackpool scoring, in danger of Blackpool getting across our back line. I, d- I can't even remember any clear cut chances they made. Well, I think really, the only time I was fearful of them scoring was that lad shooting from about eighty yards out. Oh, the Dylan Phillips save. Because I came off Flint and changed everything yeah. about it. But other Phillips' that, reactions are brilliant. Yeah, superb save. And it's, just, yeah. It's quite mad that we've been playing Phillips 1 um, in this game. And, you know, every other game that Phillips has played, we've seemed to talk about a brilliant save he's made. And he obviously made that brilliant save, but he didn't really have much else to do apart from that, really, which is some something in itself, isn't it? That we can talk about a game where the keeper didn't do much. It's. It's what's mad as well is we're high in the expected goals charts, but don't look like we're going to concede. So there's not much more you can do as a team now. And I think that's why I know we're only two games in and we did draw against Barnes in the first one, but that's why I'm starting to get excited now because we seem to have a foundation at both ends of the pitch that seem to be working. So yeah, I can't wait for Tuesday. I'll remain excited. Barnsley, we didn't create enough, I don't think, clear cut wise for us to, like, to say we deserve to win. But there was like there's a strong case to be made against Blackpool that two 0 it should have been a lot more. There was a few good chances that I think later on the season if we create that same chance, I think if Collins has found his feet a bit more, if just Bakuna's just more lucky because I don't think it's bad performance. I think it's just sheer bad luck. And if mm-hmm. Keith is firing a fit, I think you're knocking three or four on Blackpool quite comfortably. Well, Flint, we, we hit the bar, didn't we? And we had Tom Phillips punch in the air. Um, Ollie James says, with the performances of the last couple of games, potentially Watkins Coney long-term, do you still need think we need more creative options? I'm always torn between this. We did talk about it a little bit earlier, but like we've still got Tomlin and Murphy to come in. We've still got Colwell to come in as a three creative options. What Watkins scored against Sutton, so he could be a creative option. You've already mentioned the cell. But it, there seems to be, Ben, that need, people seem to think we need to bring in another creative option. Do you, do, do you think we're desperate for anything or do you think we've covered? Oh, we're never desperate. I don't think we're desperate for anything in that squad. I think if, if if no one came in, it wouldn't be like, oh shit, we're in trouble. I think the squad's comfortable. It's just if we got blighted by injuries, we it could look a bit th- thin on the ground there. But other than that, yeah, look, we're not... If we can get Tomlin fit, it's a bonus. I'm not expecting anything from him at all this season, if he plays at all. Um, other than that, yeah, look, let's not pan- There's no need to panic at the moment. I'm not panicking, mate. Don't you worry about that. And then Ryan Kinsey, we'll leave the last word to Ryan Kinsey. Uh, maybe he's a relation to Hugh Kinsey. Hugh, if you're out there, can you let us know? And he's just gone Joel Bagan uh, with the hands up praising emoji. Um, and I do think it was Joel Bagan's coming of age performance last night. And I think he's going to go on and really become a favourite with the fans now, which is exciting because he's one of our own, as we said yesterday. Um, Oh, moving on to 18, 19. I think he's 19. The bottle to put in a tackle like that. Love it. At 19 years old. Oh. He's 19. His birthday's on the 3rd of September. So he's 19 until he's 20. That's how it Good works. Man. 
um, 3rd of November, 3rd of September, 2001. And he is from Amazing Stoke. So mm-hmm. nice one, Joel Bagan. Um, right. Rounding off this week is our usual look ahead to the next game, which is only two days away now, Phillips. Uh, I've called it preview, Borough. It doesn't work. Um, we're, play, we're playing Peterborough on Tuesday at London Road. Um, what do you know about Peterborough as a town and then as a football club? Um, I don't know an awful lot. I'll let you know cause after I've gone on Tuesday. I'll report mm-hmm. back. All I know is I seem to work with a lot of people who are from Peterborough. And, the, well, none of them live there anymore. So perhaps that explains it. Not a lot going yeah, on. As them as a football club? Uh, called Posh. Play London Road. Then they like that one. I'm not sure if it's the current owner, but they were bought for a pound when they at one point. Yeah, the current owner is that um, guy who likes to tweet about you know, being a wanker. Oh, that Darren McAnthony, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I actually don't know if he's wanker. He's just very outspoken, isn't he? He comes across as a bit of a tosser, doesn't he? To be honest, um, their but captain I... is a former Cardiff City player's roommate at Millwall. Ben, he's one of your favourites. Scott Malone's mate, is he? Scott Malone's mate. Yeah. Um, if you went on there. Um, if you went on Scott Malone's Twitter quite early on and on his Instagram quite early on, there were a lot of photos of Mark Beavers on there. Um, giving Funny each other banter about cups of tea. Malone's Instagram or Twitter. I did. Um, I did. Um, they signed Joel, Jack Marriott this summer from Derby after Jack Marriott left Peterborough for Derby three years ago. Um, they got Johnson Clark Harris up front who fucking loves scoring goals and I'd love him at Cardiff. I think he's class. Yeah. Um, I think they've started, they've got three points so far this season. They beat Derby at the weekend with goals in the 91st and the 100th minute. Love it. Um, I think there was an injury. Did you see to, the irony in there? With, yeah, well, because he got injured, didn't he? Yeah. But he came off the pitch and then to waste time, rolled back on the pitch. If he had stayed yeah. off the pitch, it wouldn't have been 11 minutes at a time. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been. Um, they're married by a former Wrexham legend Darren Ferguson and all I remember of them Ben is that during some of those years they were in the championship they seemed to have a bit of a hoodoo over us there was that one game where we went were we 4-0 up and we drew 4-0 with them 4-0 up drew 4-0 then the following season 3-0 up and lost 4-3 yeah and and they beat us when they got relegated they beat us at home I think was it Dwight Gale's got a couple I think they were the only team the year our first year we got promoted under Mackay to do the double over us yeah we just couldn't beat them so yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> they lost in the League Cup four 0 to Plymouth. I did not know that. Jeff Cott scored against them. Um, I'm just having a look what other results they've had this season. Um, they obviously beat Derby. Who did they? What was their first game? This is. I mean, this is scintillating radio, isn't it? Seamless podcasting. It is seamless podcasting. I can't remember who they played in the first game of the season, but they've got. Um, they lost, so they got three points. Um, how do you see this one going, Ben? Um, you know, similar to Blackpool, newly promoted side. They haven't really got going yet. Like you said, they beat Derby with two, with two late goals that were almost like more Derby's uh, undoing, really, than, than Peter was un- uh, doing it to them. Um, it's a must win, isn't it? No. I as, as much as I'd like us to get three points, just I'm so... I get so paranoid about our history with certain clubs, like how they seem to be our bogey side. If we came away with a point, I'd be happy. It's... Really? Yeah. Tom, do you agree with that defeatist attitude? Because I don't. No, I don't. I think it's a it's a good opportunity for us to play the newly promoted sides away early before they really find their feet in the league. I think this is a, a chance for us to really set our stall out this year. And if we want to be competing at the top of the league, these are the games we need to we need to win. Um and to be honest, I I I, I see us winning this game. What do you think the score is gonna be? Um three one. 
I'll go two nil City. Who's scoring? Um, I'll go with Volks and Collins. Tom, uh, Kiefer Moore, Brace, and Morrison because I said he'd score ten. So I've got to say Morrison every week now. All right, fair enough. I'm going to go with 2-0 Cardiff and I think Collins is going to get his first goal and I think Flint's going to score, um, which is exciting. Um, I thought the game was sold out, but I'm looking now and there's tickets available and it's sorely tempting after Saturday to go. How yeah. far is it from you boys then? I, I, like, the thing about... About an hour and 20 minutes on the train. I can't wait where it is. I don't know. It, Cambridge. Like, Straight up from London. You're shocked by that, Ben. You've got shocked into silence. I just don't know where I like. Literally, I didn't know like other than football. I like if it wasn't for football, I would have no idea that Peterborough existed as a place. Yeah, it's another place I think about too often. (laughs) (laughs) Not place I think. (laughs) I I think that's the way I'd sum it up. Really, (laughs) I'm really tempted to buy a ticket. Live, live podcasted here. Here Is he going to buy a ticket? (laughs) I'm going to have a look on their. um, Wikipedia, because you know, like on Wikipedia, you get notable celebrities. Oh yeah, what if there's any celebrities? I want to see if they've got any like really randomly shit ones. What time the train are you getting then, Tom, on Tuesday to go? Like twenty past five, in it? Yeah, oh, I might not be able to. Again, this is really exciting for the listeners. You planning your logistics? This is quite unique. It's unique. Yeah, um, I think there's a reason why it hasn't been done before. Yeah, it is probably a reason. Why. I think that's probably. <laughs> a good time to leave the podcast. Um, ben, you know, you've, you've enjoyed that tank top. Uh, what are you going to do for the rest of your evening in that tank top? I'm going to Google um, notable people for Peterborough. Who have you found so far? The founder of Pizza Express. Nice. Brilliant. I good thought he was Italian. Big <laughs> Humphrey. Oh, he's, the wor- he's the worst. Less good Dan Walker. Um, Tom, what are you going to do? For- what are you going to do for the rest of your evening? I really need to get some sleep. I need oh, to keep you awake, are we? Yeah. Well, why don't you just listen to me and Ben talking about the notable people from Peterborough and as I book a football ticket and then that'll probably send you to sleep, won't it? <laughs> it's a plan. Ernie Wise I, lived there. Okay. I think I, this is a side, I think, to yeah, yeah. Um, round off this week's you from Ninian. Thanks as always Ashton for joining us. Um, if you enjoy what you do, we do, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash VFT Ninian. You can find us on Facebook, but um, Facebook's for boomers now. That's what they tell me. Um, ben, thanks for joining me as always. Adrian Jerram's from Peterborough as well. Tom, enjoy your sleep. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is, I've already got hours waiting for us after this, and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking. So how do I get it again? 
all you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>